I'm giving back to the kingdom. And so why would we want non-believers who can do ugly things, horrible things, hurtful things with their money? Why shouldn't we be the ones that are profitable when our hearts are in the right place? When we are serving to the uttermost, why would we hold back from that? The parable of the talents tells me that to hold back is a sin. Yes, I said it. Because what did the master say to the one who had the one talent and buried it? Go, you slothful, wicked servant. So that was really convicting for me, Jeanette. Because if I hold back, then God is going to say, go, you evil, lazy servant. What are you doing? I gave you all this. And what are you doing with it? You know, we should not hold back. And if anybody has judgment against us, that's on them, not on you. Do you want God's plan for your life? Do you want to discover your calling? Do you want to build a business that's aligned with God's will? Hey girl, hey, I'm Jeanette, business and faith coach. After a decade in the military, the Air Force said, see you later, and I had to find my true calling. Want to know how God directed my life from a cybersecurity engineer to a faith and business mentor? In this podcast, I'll teach you how to start a business, how to know your business is God's calling, monetization techniques, how to trust the Holy Spirit, and how to set boundaries to listen to His Word alone. Ready to become unapologetically unstoppable? Hey girl, hey! Welcome to the Unapologetically Unstoppable podcast, where today we have Judy Weber. Judy Weber is a business coach and scaling strategist and is on a mission to normalize miraculous results for Christian women in business. Her extensive corporate experience is unparalleled in the business coaching and advisory marketplace. Her past client results include quadrupling annual revenues, repeated six-figure launches, and achieving nearly 80% conversion on sales consult. Her sophisticatedly simple business model paves the way for leveraging marketing efforts, optimizing operations, and boosting profits. Judy is also the founder and host of the globally ranked Joyful Scaling podcast and is a sought-after keynote speaker, inspiring women across the U.S. and around the world to pursue the impossible. Welcome. Hey, Jeanette. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be here with you. I'm so glad you're here, and um, your podcast is amazing, and I want to know a little bit more about you. What is your testimony? How did you find Jesus? Not just like find Jesus, but like start walking with Jesus. Yeah. Now I was just blessed to have you on my show. So I love your distinction of I was saved, but there's a difference between that and really, really walking with him every day. And, and uh, Tony Evans, he's my favorite preacher. And he always talks about that. All right. If someone, if someone accused you of being a Christian, would the way you live make you be found guilty? or relieved of all charges. And as a lawyer, a former lawyer, that's like, whoa, I love that. So yeah, <laughs> I I remember it was a Sunday night uh, that my mom, for whatever reason, when I was about three or four, uh, told my twin sister and I, we were in the room and she's like, guys, you have, an, you have a big brother is how she first couched it. Um, his name is Jesus. Now I had three other brothers. So I'm looking around like, oh, where is he, mommy? Why did I not meet him yet? You know? Um, but anyway, so so I feel like, I have always been close to the Lord just because I feel like I've always known him um, at that level of mommy, who I love. My mommy said that there's this, there's God and his son is Jesus and whatever, you know? So, but um, I was in a 
uh, a head-on collision when I was week shy of 22, hit by a drunk driver in the middle of the afternoon. And I just had the anniversary, 36 years, I think. But I, um, I remember like when that happened, that's when I really began to come to Christ. Because when that accident happened, it was my mom and I, I was driving and my mom was like, so mad at God. Like she didn't turn away from him, but she was mad. She's like, how did you let this happen? And this and that. And I was just nothing but grateful. Thank you, Lord. I mean, I should be dead right now. Thank you, Lord. And it makes me think what I've been saved in that moment. I, I don't know, but I, I dread to think probably not. But anyway, fast forward many, many years. I was in my late thirties, early forties when I was going through a very tough marriage, which we ended up getting divorced when my kids were, you know, one was 13, the youngest was nine, eight or nine. And I would cry every night when he went downstairs to do his business, he was into porn and um, my kids were in bed and I would just be crying over the Bible. And that is when I really came to him. And, um, you know, then other things happened where my, my faith just grew and grew and grew. And it's funny, the more you seek him, the more he shows up, you know, he yes, is always he does. There. <laughs> yeah. He's always there saying, okay, I'm here. Why don't you come to me? <laughs> Yes. I love that because it's like one of those full surrender moments. You're just like, I can't, I am done. I cannot do this at all without you. And I need you. Please come. And he shows up. Oh man. Yep. So your spiritual gift that you got was exhortation, which is like encouragement. So how do you, were you surprised by that or how did you feel? Yeah. I mean, when I, I started going to Bible study when my youngest was a little guy. So he's 22 now. So probably for the last 18 years or so. And um, that's, that's spot on. Yeah. Because I feel like all my life, my mom was an ardent women's liver, um, but she was a stay at home. She had gotten raped when she was 10. So she was just very negative. I always say she lived an underlived life because she knew Jesus, but never really experienced the freedom and the joy and the calm. But now she is. Hallelujah. Um, you know, so I feel like I was always an advocate of, of women, especially. Right. And, um, so I feel like encouraging is something I always want to do because we ourselves are so hard on ourselves as women. And we can't see, like my clients can't see what I see. I'm like, do you see how amazing you are? No, I don't wait, wait, do you see that you did this in your past and God allowed that in your past? And it all comes together in X, Y, or Z. And they're like, I just don't see it. You know, so I'm always encouraging. So yeah. tell me about how you came to this business versus lawyering. That's a big difference in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it is a very windy road from beginning to end here or beginning to where I am. But, um, you know, I, I'm a poor girl from nowhere. You know, there I'm one of six and dad was a factory worker. He worked two and three jobs, depending what year it is. And mom stayed home. And um, so I come from nothing, but I always had big dreams. I remember shortly after meeting Jesus, it was within a year or two. I remember going to mom saying, mommy, God says I'm going to do something really important and I'm going to impact the world. I remember that. And mom's like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, I think I might even be a millionaire one day, mommy. And she's like, okay. But so I always had these big dreams. Um, one of the things I always wanted to be was a lawyer, but I didn't think people like me were lawyers. Like, you know, my mom and dad, we lived hand to mouth. Um, I wouldn't say we're poverty, but we were not middle class either. Let's just say that. So I did what I thought I could do. People like me could be a teacher. So out of high school, I went to music education, graduated the top of the class, couldn't find a job on the East Coast. 
back then in 87, they're like, oh, go west, Cali, Oregon, you know, they'll find, I, no thanks, I'm east coast. No offense to any west coasters, but I'm born <laughs> and raised on the east in Philly. So that's just who I am. So, all right, I'll speed this up. So the, the when I was a senior in, in college, we we're about to graduate. And they said, if anybody wants to go to law school, come to this class. And I'm like, I'm going to go. It was so hard, but I dragged myself there and I'm listening. I got so excited, but I left saying, I can't do that. Now, fast forward years and years later after graduating, this is about five years after I was in sales, outside sales, and I was selling dictaphones, you know, to lawyers. So I leave this guy, it was a Friday afternoon, I remember it vividly, and I'm walking out of the thing into the parking lot and I'm mumbling to myself, that guy was an idiot. Man, if he could be a lawyer, I can be a lawyer. So it was on that day, I don't know the date, but I know it was a nice warm night. And I said, that's it, I'm going to law school. And the rest is history, but here's the thing. Went to Villanova, praise God, I got into there, graduated in the top 10, got a great job, um, got pregnant in the first couple of months. And once that happened, blacklisted, goodbye, you are off that partnership track. How dare you want to have a child before you make partner? Um, thanks, but you're insane. So, um, you know, so there was there was times when I was in and out of the law. So I stayed in the law until I had my, my third son. And then I stepped back to take care of those kiddos. But it was within a year of that when I started my first business. And um, I always tell the story. I, I had no training as an interior designer, but I loved interior design. And I was an HGTV junkie and I had a knack for it. So I'm like, okay. I said to my husband, I'm going to do this. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. Have you figured it out? Whatever. He didn't think much of it. I rented a booth at a home show and I was very intentional and strategic. Those are my two big words on what I was going to do to launch the business. And I got a booth and I was intentional on like what I was going to put into it and incentivizing people to not only come talk with me, but to book an appointment. I left that weekend with 14 appointments and closed 10. Yes. And I knew nothing. <laughs> I just say I knew nothing. Okay. But it was so much fun. Um, and then, and then eventually went back to the law because I was getting divorced and somewhere along the line, I had got my real estate license, but here's what I want to say. The most recent job I had before coaching was in-house counsel. I was director of HR and general counsel, and I freaking love that job. I loved being around. I was one of the only women, of course, around the table. And you know what? You can tell already I have a big mouth and I, I'm not afraid to speak it because, you know, I feel like that's why I'm here. And uh, I loved everybody except my boss. He was a male chauvinist. You know what? He hated that I was a Christian. Absolutely hated it. He would make jokes and whatever. So I said to my husband, honey, I really want to leave. I think now's the time to start my own business again. What do you think? He said, okay. So, you know, the rest is history. But I will tell you that it is so neat. When I first started this business, I was like, should I tell people I'm a lawyer? Will it matter? <laughs> do you see what I mean? <laughs> yes, it matters. Yes. Right? Yes. Or I'm like, should I tell people that I started out with interior decorating? Do they care? Yes, they care. Because everything God's allowed. Even mm -hmm. the fact that I was abused at the hands of my first husband and was beat up on my first, yeah. on my wedding night, all of it matters yes, because it makes it. you who you are. Mm -hmm. All of those yeah. things led you to this point and makes you one more relatable because some people have shame about all of those things and are not willing to talk about it and it allows them to be freed from their own shame and sin and darkness. So yes, girl, talk about it. Talk about it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember 
time when I, you know, people, uh, uh, they say, um, how many times you've been married or, um, you know, whatever happened to him? And it's like, yeah, I was um, abused for six months before I got out. And I felt like I was the loser. Like, like right. I deserved it. It's like, no, you were no. just kind and you believed people that they would change. And then you realized one day, no, they're not going to change. <laughs> so. So you help women scale their businesses to seven figures. What is your number one thing that you see most business owners at that point, their minds, what's the biggest mindset shift of getting to that seven figure mark? Mm -hmm. Okay. So at any level, I will say it's all about building belief. That's why I love that everything I do in my business points to Christ. Like mm -hmm. all the methodologies I have, my joyful scaling method, three scaling strategies, it all was a download from the Lord. I, I will say that and give him all the glory, right? So at every stage though, there you have to build more belief into, as I say, not only what's possible, but the impossible that in Christ is possible. Hallelujah. And so Amen. I really think that's the biggest thing where, where once you reach a certain place in your business and you're like, wow, I can't believe I'm here. Then it's like, you still have to stretch and say, okay, well now I made six figures. What does it make? What does it look like to make a half a million? And then once you're looking at that, you're like, okay. And even before you get there, like, like you know, we were talking on your show, we have to think long or on my show, when I was interviewing you, we have to think long-term. Yes. We're dealing in what's going to happen in the next quarter. But also, what does my next three years look like? And really looking at that big goal three years out and beginning with saying, okay, Lord, is this really what you have for me? And believing if he says, yes, ma'am, that it is possible. Like and then it's not, it's not, how am I going to do it? It is, um, it's done. Let's go. Let's step into it. Yes. I love that. A lot of people that I talk to are they, they know that they have a big dream, but they don't know that they have the big dream. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like the, they don't fully believe it. Like, like you see in the Bible that the, he was walking on water, but they don't like see. And I'm like, no, I, I see, I get it. Like he was literally walking on water and they're like, Oh, if it's in the Bible. It's true. No, this is true. Like for real, for real. It's like, <laughs> yeah. But, like, and you know, I, I love that story because as long as he stayed focused on Jesus, mm -hmm. There he goes. Take another step. Take another yep. step. Take another step. As soon as you look off and doubt, that's You're when like, we fall. But that's why I love the, um, the, I think it was the centurion who was like, I do believe, help my unbelief. Yes. So it's like, I don't want us to feel guilt if we're like, oh, I'm not there. I don't see it or I don't believe. There's no shame in that. No. But now that you're aware of that reality that could be yours in Christ, it's all by his power, then why shouldn't we? go for it. Why shouldn't we say, okay, Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in. I don't see it, but all I trust in. you. <laughs> yep. All in surrendered a hundred percent. I will walk and like the magnificent, like your journey, like all of that matters to the things that he's going to bring you to all of the women that you're going to help has something to do with how you've already navigated life. You know what I'm saying? Interior Absolutely. design. I don't know anything about interior design, but <laughs> I think it's amazing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And yeah. So like, I feel like there's a lot of things on your journey. What is the one thing that you feel like makes you unstoppable and how does that help you with your clients? How transformed would your life be if you had 40 more prayers to pray? Go ahead and go to JeanettePeterson.com slash prayers and get my 40 prayers to transform your life and business today. 
I would say, well, I will say this, the most life transforming event was my head on collision by a drunk driver. Because that's when uh, everything became real where I'm like, you know what, this, this life is short. Yeah. I'm not playing and, anymore. Um, yeah. No time to waste. And um, it's so interesting that on, I was with my mom at the time we were shopping and on the way out of the store, I said to her, mommy, I didn't say mommy. Why do I say that? I said, mom, would you tell me the story of when I was born? I just love when she would tell the story because I'm a twin. And then she would get into the details of, well, you know, you came out and the doctor said, oh my God, there's another kid in there. And mom goes, I knew it, but the doctor didn't, whatever. So anyway, imagine <laughs> nobody would have known that that was our conversation. We were talking about my birth moments before what might've been my death. So I don't know, that was just really life transforming. And so what makes me unstoppable though, is my faith in Christ. Amen. And it's because like, no matter what, and, and the more daring I get and the more bold I get, the more I see him show up and like just little things where he's like saying, I'm here, I got you. I'm doing this with my hands to show like, he's right there, like holding us up, you know? And I'm trying to think of an example where, golly, I, oh, just this move. Okay. This move from Charleston to Florida, we were kind of sort of talking about it earlier this year, but I didn't have any idea it would be a reality. And one Friday night. My husband and I were just hanging out in the kitchen and I felt strongly in my spirit, go to the computer and look up that development, this development I'm in right now. And I'm looking and I'm like, oh, I said, Stu, I think we can afford this. I think we can do it. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I just changed all the lights and whatever the heck else he did, you know? But I said, hon, I don't know. I, I feel it was from the Lord. And then the way we quickly got the house ready for sale, everything just rolled into place. I mean, that doesn't happen outside of the Lord. No. So it's that kind of bold faith that, you know, has mismade my life. Just a joy. There's troubles, but even through the troubles, there's joy. And um, imparting upon my clients that, like, just go for it and see how the Lord's going to show up. That's like, I'm sitting Elijah right now. It's like that Elijah faith, that like, just veracity for being like, no, I know the Lord is real and he's going to show up. And I'm going to do what he tells me to do because he is a God that does not lie. Amen. Amen. What, what would you say on your journey to seven figures? I'm assuming here, I'm assuming you're seven figure business center. What would you say was some of the steps that you took the practical applications to get to seven figures and how long was that timeline for you? Okay. Um, over many, many moons, over many, many years. Okay. Like many, like, oh gosh, a long time. So, but, but here's the steps that you do. I would say it's a lot like things in life overall. Like you get to first, when you do something, it's like, you don't even know what you don't know. Like, like I did a business and I didn't know was 14 appointments good in a weekend was right. closing 10 of them. Amazing. Like, I don't know. So there's like a total unawareness. Like you don't know what you don't know. And so you're just walking blindly, but see, what gets you going is a commitment that you will succeed. And I think being in sales in some form or capacity in my past, you know, whether it be in outside sales or was, whether it be in the courtroom as a trial lawyer, I'm trying to persuade the judge and the jury my way, right? So I, I really feel that just being bold enough to say, I don't have any idea what I'm doing, but I'm doing, going for it. And then when you reach a certain point, like you said, six figures, 100, 150, then you realize if you got there by your own, I mean, 
I don't know how you could get beyond that without a team. And if you've never invested in coaching, I don't know how you're going to, you know, grapple with all the things because not even identifying the scaling strategy per se, but it's really the mindset, right? Because you have great months and great years. And then in order for you to scale, you've got to have a season where your focus is not sales per se, but maybe it's cleaning up the back end, or maybe it is um, streamlining your offers because you might not want a whole plethora of offers, right? I mean, you get to choose whatever you want to do, but you need guidance to become a powerful decision maker. Okay. And then when you go from like a half a million to a million, it's really just fine tuning what's already working. Oh, another big transition is understanding the selling of one-to-one versus one-to-many. One-to-one is very personal. It's like, okay, you're going to, you or a team member is going to be with him in the DMs. But then there comes a point on that scalable offer where you have to be able to sell one-to-many through emails, through webinars or other conversion events, right? You can't touch hundreds of people, you know, in one launch personally. It's just impossible, right? So, so those are just some of the highlights of uh, what has to happen. So it is a mix of strategy and mindset, but I would always say that mindset is the toughest. And I will tell you that that is something that I thought was just baloney until I'd say four years ago, I thought, you know what? I got the will to succeed. Mindset, just shut up and just tell me what to do. But now it's like, no, because when something happens, be it a client issue, a team member issue, or just, you know, this crazy world we're living in right now, we need support. You know, we yes. really do need support. I will never be without a coach. Yeah. I, well, how, what, what number revenue number were you at when you hired your first coach? Oh gosh. In my first year. Yeah. So basically not much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, definitely before I hit 50 K, it, yeah. it was one of those things where it's like, I'm going to invest. I just, I just generated 25. I'm going to pour at least 5K into finding somebody to show me the way because I wanted to get there quicker, right? But to see what I resisted was the mindset. And that's what they kept saying. Judy, you're not seeing it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just tell me how. And now when I see it in my clients, I'm like, okay, will you please listen to me? I love you enough to say, stop it, right? Stop it. You need to really dive into what's going on in your brain. I think that's really important because, I mean, even Michael Jackson, I mean, Michael Jordan has a coach. He's a basketball player. Of course, he's got a coach. Like. If you want to get better, you have to have somebody on your team that's helping you with the mindset, like you said. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've ever not had a coach either. Like, it's just something that you need in business. Like, you have to have, I don't, okay, you don't have to have yeah. a coach, but I feel like if you want to be improved, you want some accountability, you want to be stretched, get a coach. I will be bold enough to say this. And whether you, whether your people will, would want to, re- to work with me be or bold, somebody, girl, unapologetic. Let's go. Yeah. I'm going to say this. That unless you want to play, I would recommend you have a coach. Yes. Because I know too many women who are experiencing year one in year five. And I know what's holding them back. I know it. It's what they're thinking about. It's how they, you know, here's what I say. Success comes as a result of who you believe yourself to be. Yes. Who you believe yourself to be. Are you a CEO? Or are you just a play playing around? Like, are you an expert or are you, I'm just new. 
I do what I can. You know, it's it's that whole approach and, and how you talk to yourself matters and really what you believe about who you are is everything. I'm so glad you said that. I was, side note, was having like a, an attack. Let's say the devil was attacking me. I was having a what was me moment. I think that every entrepreneur has a moment of being like, but I could just like burn this all down and go back to a nine to five. You know what I mean? Yes. Like it happened. Yes. And I was having one of those days. And then I was like, wait a second. No, I can't. Oh my God. That is not who I am. Who does God say I am? Let's go back to that. Hold on a second. He would not have made me who I am to go through the things that I've gone through with the brain that he's created me to have to do that kind of work. He created me for this, for this moment and to continue with this. I so appreciate you being real there. I have those moments too. Yeah. I absolutely have those moments. When I look at my, my friends who um, aren't working, they're retired from corporate and they don't have a business and they get to hang out at the beach all day, especially here. It's a beautiful day here and it's November 2nd. It's amazing. And um, sometimes I say, well, do I really want to do this? Like I love my clients, but do I really want to? And you know what? That question gets shorter and shorter every time I ask it. You know, yep. it's like, this is who God made me to be. So yeah, you know. let's keep yeah. rolling with that. Yeah. What is your favorite Bible verse? <gasps> Ephesians 3.20. Um, uh-oh, now I'm having a brain fart. But, you know, um, how does it begin? But the point is you can do more. Uh, Christ can do, if he is able. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Christ is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or even imagine. And I love how he does it, by the power that he has in us. So he does it. But it's so awesome that he works through us. And so that's where I'm, the whole thing is Pursue the Impossible. I'm finally getting this book written, Pursue the Impossible. It's going to come out Ooh. next fall, God willing. And it's like, let's go. Okay. We think it can't be done. Are you kidding? Yes. Whatever he told you to do will come to pass. I'm in. If you step up and say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. I don't know how, but all right, I'm ready. Yep. <laughs> we don't have to know the how. We just have to keep walking and saying, yes, yes, Lord, um, I'll do it. Yes, Lord, I'll do it. And then believing for it because it's already mm. done it's already done amen yes it is done i'm so glad oh man judy thank you so much for all of this if people want to get closer with you how will they get closer with you yeah okay well i have a freebie it's a yes, five please. day it's a five-day training series um on how to make your first 100k so i don't know Ooh. if that's like below your audience or like if they're beyond, but I will offer it here. Okay. So yes, it, please. build a faith-fueled six-figure business. Okay. It is a five-day training series delivered to your inbox. You can consume the videos in the workbook on your time. It's judyweber.co slash the number five-day workshop. I'll pass that along. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. But inside, you're going to learn my simple process for growing a purposeful and profitable, unapologetically profitable, by the way, service-based <laughs> business without overworking, without overthinking, and without ever compromising your faith. So uh, I hope that your listeners will be blessed by that. Oh, I'm sure they will be because yes, we want unapologetically unsolvable businesses fueled by faith. And I love that. Mm. Real quick bonus question for you. Oh, it just fell on my brain. I guess we're not going to have a bonus question. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. <laughs> oh, I remember. I remember. Okay. Um, as a woman of faith that is making lots of money, 
What is your key takeaway for those women? Because I know that when I show up on the scene, making the amount of money I make and being like, I don't cook and I don't clean and I'm not going to, some people might have, they get a little cringy, especially my homeschool moms. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say something cool and maybe something that's not cool. Okay. I'm going to say the not cool first. Okay. okay. Respectfully to those stay at homes that may not appreciate it and, you know, think that we may be whatever. I know too many that will never miss a nail appointment or a hair appointment or get in their wine or maybe their Disney vacation. So we all have, we all, we're going to, we're going to invest in what we value. Okay. So I, I say that, but I don't really judge, but I just want to like make everybody understand, like we all have our thing, like where we focus. Okay. So, all right. So here's what I think about that. I had donated last year and this year, certainly like way more than my dad ever made in a year or two. Yes. And so I'm giving back to the kingdom. And so why would we want non-believers who can do ugly things, horrible things, hurtful things with their money? Why shouldn't we be the ones that are profitable when our hearts are in the right place? When we are serving to the uttermost, why would we hold back from that? Uh, If I can say one more thing, the parable of the talents tells me that to hold back is a sin. Yes, I said it. Because what did the master say to the one who had the one talent and buried it? Go, you slothful, wicked servant. So that was really convicting for me, Jeanette. Because if I hold back, then God is going to say, go, you evil, lazy servant. What are you doing? I gave you all this. And what are you doing with it? So, you know, we should not hold back. And if anybody has judgment against us, that's on them, not on you. That is a whole sermon right there, girl, because that is exactly how I feel. Yes. If I am supposed to like do these things for Jesus, why would I not give abundantly to the kingdom? That's my purpose to make businesses and to make money to give back to the kingdom. It's not for me to just be sitting around on my high horse. Yes. It's to give back. And I can't do that if I don't have any money. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, that's yes. Kingdom women are going to rule the world. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> oh, man. And that would be a beautiful world. Yes, it would. Get there. That's why I'm about normalizing these crazy, miraculous results because they're ours in Christ. Yes, yes. I'm obsessed with you. I love this. I love you, Jeanette. <laughs> it's so fun. Well, thank you, Judy, so much for blessing this podcast and for sharing your talents and your gifts and all the things. And like she said, judyweber.co slash five-day workshop for her five-day training series on how to build a faith-fueled six-figure business. It'll be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much for being here. Wow, that was so good. So I know that you know somebody that also needs to hear that. So share this episode, leave a review. And I would love if you could watch my free workshop at JeanettePeterson.com slash missing piece. I'll see you guys over on the grams at Jeanette.Peterson. Bye.